Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Stanford Sierra Youth and Families in-house podcast, Resource Families Thrive. This is Daniel, returning from Pathways to Permanency, and I'm your recruitment specialist. Today, we're going to have a chance to meet one of our resource parents, Nona, and I'll have, have her talk about who she is in just a moment. I always do like to start off with a reminder about who Stanford Sierra Youth and Families are. So we are a merged organization. We've got a combined 140 years of experience and we do serve the greater Sacramento region here in California. We provide a variety of services and all of them are meant to support our mission, which is forming lives by nurturing permanent connections and empowering families to solve challenges together so every child can thrive. Right now we have office locations in Auburn, Grass Valley, Sacramento, Citrus Heights, and Woodland. So May is National Foster Care Awareness. It has been in place since 1988 and has existed ever since then. The Reagan administration was the first one to sign it into being. It is an opportunity for us every year to spend a month acknowledging and celebrating our resource families and the people who support them, their friends, neighbors, and other family members. It's also a chance to celebrate and recognize all of the work that our child welfare teams put into making sure that the life of a child is stable and they are able to build healthy and safe connections. You'll notice that this month there are going to be additional episodes of Resource Families Thrive just in an effort to spread awareness to increase your knowledge of the foster care systems and make sure that you know of ways that you are able to get involved and to help. One of the easiest ways that you can get involved and help us to spread the word about the need for resource families is by liking, commenting, and sharing on the various posts that we have. Resource Families Thrive is publicly available. It is accessible on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Google Play podcast section. I'd also like to shout out one of our frequent listeners, Rebecca, for posting a comment on one of our Facebook posts requesting different topics, suggesting topics for future episodes. I am very happy to say that some of the topics that she recommended, including LGBT foster care awareness, are currently in the works and will come out in the future. So thank you very much, Rebecca, for always being a listener and for providing us with your feedback and your suggestions. So Nona, how long have you been with Stanford Sierra Youth and Families? Um, let's see, I started in August of 2007. Going on 14 years, right? 14 years? Yeah. And how many kids would you say have you had in your home over those years? As far as long-term kids, probably, probably about 14, I and think. What does long-term mean? But those are long-term. More than three, like two to three years. Why did you initially pick up that phone and call? Honestly, because um, I wanted a lot more kids than I had biologically. I only had two sons. Mm -hmm. And I was told that I couldn't have any more kids. And so when my sons turned 18, my last son turned 18, he was like, Mom, I think it's time. Because we had been talking, because I had been talking about it for a long time, and they knew that I wanted more kids. Mm -hmm. And we had been talking about it, but when my sons were growing up, they did a lot of activities, so I didn't have time. And then when he was just getting ready to turn 18, um, we were talking about it again, and I had a big house, 
And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to classes now. How many agencies did you check out before you settled on Stanford? Just you guys, just one. I went to the office that was out there off of Watt Avenue, and I think it was Orange or something like that. What's been your favorite part of being a resource parent? I think it's the relationships that I have after the kids turned 18, because I have a relationship with a lot of the kids that's been in my home to this day, and they're they're grown. The first set of kids that I had when I first started, they were three boys, absolutely still have a part of their lives. And that's been 13 years ago. And they're wow. still in my lives. They're best friends with my sons. The younger one, because it was three boys, and then the younger one, him and my older son are best friends, and they absolutely hang out every day. And they're in their 30s, you know, and I mean, 28, 30. So yeah, it's a good feeling. So I have seen you supporting permanency in a lot of different ways. So what does permanency mean to you from your perspective? Well, one of my kids I adopted. I've had another child in my home that was able to be adopted by another family. And some of the kids just going back home to their own families. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you've had some that have uh, turned 18 and decided. 18. A lot of my kids, because I only do the older youth. Mm -hmm. So they do age out of my home at 18. Or I've had some stay a little bit longer. What makes you only take in the older youth? I take in older boys because I know that they're harder to place. And I think with me having two boys, biological boys of my own, I'm just better equipped to handle the older boys. When people ask me, I'll just have random people that will, I'll tell them all I'm a foster parent. And then they start asking me a bunch of questions. Well, how long have you been doing it? What kids do you take? Oh, I would never take them. For me, the older ones are easier. Yes, there's a lot of attitude. But sometimes you just have to let them vent and they get over it. And then it goes smoothly. I think with this 14 years that I've been doing this, I think that there's only been two kids in my home that was really challenging for me, Mm -hmm. but we got through it with the help of you guys. Everybody has been so supportive. If it wasn't for you guys there, I don't know with some of the, you know, the couple challenges that I've had that if I would have been able to get through it, because I know that I can call you guys just to vent to you guys Mm -hmm. and you listen because there are challenges sometimes and there are things that get under your skin and you have to be able to talk to somebody and you guys have always been there for me. Was there any difference raising teenage boys in foster care versus raising your own boys? No, I treat my, my foster boys the same as I treat my own kids. I don't treat them differently when I'm out and about. And people ask me who that is. I say, that's my son. I never use foster, ever. And how do, how do your boys respond to that? Oh, they love it because they're not, you know, they're not being put out there as a foster youth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my boys that I've had in my home, when they introduce me, it's never my foster mom. It's my mom. Tell us about the one you adopted. 
So when I adopted Noah, he was already 18 years old. Noah has challenges. Noah's developmentally delayed. I've had, I've had, let's see, I've had Noah since he was 15 years old, 14, 15, 15 years old. And he has, he just turned 24. There's no way I was going to let Noah go. Absolutely no way I was going to let Noah go. Listen, Noah grew up in, in group home since he was five years old. When um, the social worker contacted me, he told me that Noah had been in in um, group home since he was five years old. He, w- he was placed in foster care three times, but they never lasted more than a month because of the challenges that Noah had with himself. Right before Noah came to me, his social worker went to court and um, the judge says, no, I don't think he's going to make it in a, in a um, foster home. So this isn't what we're going to do. And his, his social worker fought for him to get into a, into a foster home. And um, so they made the referral to you guys. I went to the group home where Noah was at an hour away a couple times. Noah came out here a couple times, and long story short, Noah is still here. And the judge even even sent us a message and said that how proud he was of Noah and the placement that he received with you guys because he's still here and Noah's doing great. And Noah said he's going to live with me until he's 99. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite football team? The Dallas Cowboys. Who's Noah's favorite football team? Uh, the 49ers. This is how much I love this kid. <laughs> so for his birthday, I did his whole bedroom in 49er color, colors. It's gold and red with white stripes. And his bedding is all 49ers. So you know I must love this kid. <laughs> and it was And it was hard trying to get his room like that, too, because I had to tell him that when they come to do some work on the the light fixture, it broke, so he couldn't go in his room for a couple of days because it was um, it was a hazard. So this whole time he didn't know I was in there painting his room. And then when he opened his door up on his birthday, he had tears in his eyes. He was so happy. <laughs> no, no. With all your experience and it being Foster Care Awareness Month, what would you say? is the one major thing that everyone should be aware of when it comes to foster care. I think the main thing is, is that these kids just want to be loved. Though they come into your house and it's like, they give you the cold shoulder, they push their chest out, whatever the case may be at the end of the day, they just want to be loved. It's going to be hard. You know, there's going to be a lot of challenges. But if you come into being a foster parent for the right reasons, it's not going to be as hard as they think. And what are those right reasons? Is to come in and to help these kids, to love these kids, to push these kids to be who they need to be, who they want to be. And when everybody else is looking at them like they're just a foster kid, this is how they are. That's not true. You need to sit back, have a conversation with these kids, and you'll be amazed at what they say. 
And again, at the end of the day, I think that all these kids want is, is someone to love them. And if you can do that, then you've made it. It's going to be just like your own kids. If you treat these kids other than what you would do for your own, it's not going to work. There's, you, can't, you can't separate the two. Kids need to be loved, period. So why should people pick up the phone right now and call us to learn more about how they can help out kids in foster care? I think um, they should pick up the phone and call because we have a lot of kids that need some healthy, happy homes. And I think with, with Stanford, I think that you guys are pretty good judgment on the foster parents that you pick. So there's a lot of kids that are going to be happy. Nona, thank you again for coming on with us today. This has been great. I really hope that everyone out there has listened to what you have said from the resource parents perspective. You're the first resource family that I have had on our podcast. So thank you so much. Oh, yay. Thank you. So for everyone out there, remember that you can call us at 916-368-5114 and get connected with someone who will answer your questions about the resource parent approval process. You could also check out our website at www.youthsolutions.org or sierraff.org. You can also email us at PFC recruitment at youthsolutions.org. Remember to like, comment, and share any post where you see our podcast. Spread the word about foster care. It is Foster Care Awareness Month in May. And until I get a chance to talk to everyone again, keep on thriving.